I'm so excited that I get to be here, guys. You have no idea. Um, oh, I love coming home. Um, happy December 1st, by the way. Countdown is on. The countdown is on. Uh, show of hands, how many have started your Christmas shopping? That was my next question. <laughs> how many have finished your Christmas shopping? One. Okay. I need to talk to you afterwards because I need your help. I need the organization in Jesus' name in my life because I'm so not there. I think I have maybe one or two gifts <laughs> so far, so I'm in trouble. Um, yeah, it's coming. It's coming fast. Um, does anyone else do uh, Christmas lists still? Do you do them yourself or have your kids do them? Uh, because I do. I have my kids do Christmas lists. They love doing Christmas lists. Kingston, our four-year-old, uh, is very, very easy. It hasn't really changed in three years. It's either Thomas the Train or now Paw Patrol. That's it. Simple. I mean, simple in that you know, those are the only two things. Harder that he already has like 100 and something trains, and so it's getting harder and harder to find new trains, but easy. Everett, our seven-year-old, on the other hand, is a little bit trickier. If you have met my child, <laughs> um, you would learn very, very quickly that he is obsessed with all things church, and he would love to be in service rather than in kids' church. He he has church at home. Guys, you don't even understand. We have a room designated for him to do church. He has a stage. He has every possible instrument. He has a microphone. Lord, help us. He has, you know, his Bible. He preaches. Guys, for his seventh birthday, he asked for moving headlights. I mean, like those. And his daddy bought them for him. So he has two of those. But two was not enough. So you want to take a guess at what his Christmas list is for this year? It consists of two things. Two more moving headlights because two is not enough. So Everett is so obsessed with these lights. He researches them. I'm not even joking. He goes online and he is like scrolling through all the different types of moving headlights. I'm not even joking you. Like this is my child. He reminds me every day about, Mom, how amazing it would be if he had these moving headlights. It's, just, it's nonstop. His entire focus is fixated on these moving headlights. He will do whatever it takes to get himself one step closer to these moving headlights, whatever it takes. And I was thinking about this because, trust me, he's reminding me every day and what you need to know is that I, I love worship. What we were just doing there, I love worship. My heart is for worship. I'm so thankful for teams, worship team, who lead us into the presence of Jesus with just open hearts. I'm so thankful. But I was doing a little bit of study on worship, and what I, what I came to realize this week is that I mean, I knew this, but I didn't really know it. You know how that goes? Is that worship is more than just singing and clapping and jumping and raising our hands. I mean, that's all part of it. That's a form of worship. 
But if you break worship down into its lowest, like its, like its base meaning, okay, its very base meaning, it actually means to be brought near, to get closer to, to draw near. Does that sound familiar? What was my child doing? Just trying to get closer to something. That's what worship is. It's just drawing near. If you have your Bibles with you, hard copy or phone, both count, but this one, I encourage you to bring this one. Um, Turn with me to Matthew chapter 2. We're going to read a little bit of the Christmas story since it's December 1st and we're kicking off our Christmas Plus. Hey, props to the Christmas Plus. Anyone got Disney Plus? We totally, totally ripped that off. No shame. No shame in our game. Um. Okay, Matthew 2. If you're there, say, I'm there. All right. Matthew 2, 1 to 12. I'm going to rip through this. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the, religious, uh, of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem of Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. That's like getting called into the principal's office. And he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, you come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. Right, sure. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them, and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to, re- not to return to Herod. Would you just pray with me for a minute? Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this moment. I thank you that all you desire in this moment is to speak to our hearts. And so I just ask, Lord, that you would give me wisdom and discernment and just, Holy Spirit, that you would speak through me, that anything that comes out of my mouth today would be of you, from you, for us, in your name, amen. Okay, so I've heard the story, the Christmas story, the story of the wise men, probably about a thousand times, whether you've grown up in church or not, you've probably heard this story or you've seen a nativity scene and you've seen the wise men. 
Uh, my kids have a little nativity scene that their Grammy brings over every year. Funny thing is, this year is the first year Grammy bought them the wise men to add to this nativity scene, and my son is obsessed. It's funny, that happened the same week that I was prepping this message, and the Lord knew I needed that confirmation that this is what I was supposed to speak about. So what you need to know first and foremost is we need some context. We need a little bit of background here. So these wise men, what we do know about them is that they were from the east. They were royalty. They were astrologers. They were educated. They, were, they had a position of power and place. They had finances. They, they, these guys seemingly had it all. They had it all. What more could they need? And yet, a random star pops up in the sky, and they're obsessed with it. They're obsessed. They have to research. They have to learn. They have to understand the meaning of this star. Why is it here? So they do their research. They get all of these Jewish, uh, you know, religious texts, whatever they can find to try and figure out where this star came from, what it means. And they discover from these texts that this star is supposed to come above and represent and, and direct to the king of the Jews. And they have to, have to, have to get there to worship him. And they're not even Jewish. Why? What in them compelled them to see a star, to be so drawn to it? It's not even anything they would have grown up with, of knowing, of learning. There would have been no family heritage or understanding or appreciation. And yet somehow they see this star, they learn what it means, and they have to go after it. They need to get near to that to worship that king. Why? Why would they do that? I love this quote. It says, there's a tendency within humanity to worship something. Ecclesiastes 3.11 actually says that God has put eternity into all hearts. That means every single individual has it in their hearts to worship something or rather someone. And we all worship, everyone worships something or a lot of things. There's a lot of things that we draw our hearts near to, that we draw close to. We're all designed and hardwired to worship. We draw near to what we value, what we value most, what our focus is on, where our, where our eyes are, where our perspective is, the thing that has our, atten our full attention. Another way you could put it is things we treasure. Later on in the book of Matthew, which I also found this really interesting. Later on in the book of Matthew, in chapter 6, 21, it says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now if we jump back to Matthew 2, verse 11, with these wise men, they go on this journey they're following this star. They are relentless to get there. And they arrive in verse 11. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, 
and they bowed down and worshipped him, they got close to him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, I'm a really, really uh, visual person. I like to see things. I see pictures. And when I see and I read that, in my mind's eye, I see these wise men. They walk in, and they draw near, and they worship Jesus. They finally found the thing they've been looking for. They worship him. They draw near to him, and they open their treasure chests. And what do we just read? Where your treasure is, there your heart is. So really, what that means is when they opened up their treasure chest, it was like they were opening up their heart to Jesus in that moment. These are, these are non-believers if we're using our terms, okay? And they were so drawn and so compelled because it's in our hearts to worship And they open their hearts to Jesus in that moment. I don't think it's an accident that this story is in Scripture. And what is really interesting to me is that in Matthew, that's the only account that talks about the wise men. There are four Gospels that talk about the birth, life, and death of Christ. Matthew is the only one that talks about the wise men. I don't think it's an accident. What it shows me is that God will move heaven and earth and he will plant a star in the sky to reach a heart and no heart is too far. No heart is too distant. It doesn't matter your upbringing. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter how hurt you've been. It doesn't matter if you know absolutely nothing about Jesus. He will move heaven and earth. He will put a star in the sky to reach a heart to have a heart open up to him. And do you know what happened to them after they drew near and they opened up their hearts? For the first time probably in their lives, God spoke to them. It says in verse uh, verse 12, God warned them in a dream not to return the way they came. He spoke to them. See, before, it was just a tug and following a star. It was like this little progression of following. But then they arrive. They draw near to him. They open their hearts to him. And God speaks to them. And he gives them direction And he gives them a word for them. And see, there's this beautiful and simple pattern that I see happening in this story. Draw near. Open your heart. And God will speak. It's so simple. But it's not easy. Right? Because there's so many things to draw near to. There's so many distractions. And over and over and over, all I could think, and and if you're taking notes, the whole title of this message is, where is your heart? 
where is your heart today? What are you drawing near to? Because I can tell you that God is after your heart, your whole heart, and he will move anything and everything in his way to get your attention and draw you to himself. So where is your heart this morning? Is it open to God? Has it ever been open to him? Was it open to him and then suddenly, you know, something happened and you closed certain areas off? Is all of your heart open to him, open to his speaking, open to his leading? Draw near, open your heart, and he will speak. I was thinking about this, and I thought, for some, it's, it's hard to open your heart, to, to open up to, to the Lord the things that, that you've been through or the things that you've done. And for, for some, you've, you've been there, you've done that, and it seems like old hat, and yeah, I've done that. My heart is open, but I, I'm going to ask, is it? Is it really? Where do you go? What do you run to? What do you escape to when you're hurting? Is it Jesus? Or is it something else? What do you run to? What do you draw near to when... You want to escape when you feel like something is too much for you or the pressure is too much or you're too stressed. Hello, this is my life right now. And I'm, I'm like, my favorite thing is just knowing that I will never run out of things to say if I speak out of my own experience and my own weakness. So can I tell you, in a season of just pure craziness for us, the challenge for me is to draw near to him, open my heart, open those things that are weighing on me, that are causing me stress, and letting him speak to me. Do you know what my first response typically is? Hashtag Instagram. That's where I go. That's where I go because I think in, in my earthly thinking, I just need an escape. I just need to get away. I just need my brain to shut down. I need to stop thinking. I just need an escape. I need to get away. And God's saying, no, 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 no. What you need is me. What you need is to draw near to me, to my heart. Draw near to me. I will draw near to you, Scripture says. Draw near to me. Open your heart. And I will speak. Do you need wisdom and direction? Are you a business person? I, I felt like I needed to say this. Do you own a business? Do you run a business? Do you need direction? And you feel like you don't have it. Draw near to God. Open your heart. Open those things, those treasures, which business, your job can be one of those things that you treasure. Open it to him and watch him speak. And he will guide you and he'll give you direction. Do you feel like God's been silent recently? 
Do you feel like you haven't heard him the way you did before and you want to hear him again? Do you need a fresh word in your life? Do you feel just bogged down, weighed down, depressed, anxious? Do you need a word for your life? Especially in the season. Pastor Jeremy mentioned it. You know, there's a reason that, that churches have something for people who have lost someone dear to them at this time or who just find this season of Christmas to be a lonely place. Do you need a word from him? Do you need his presence? Draw near, open your heart, and he will speak to you. He'll speak to you. I had this whole thing that I was going to do um, at the end of this message. And it's funny, the Lord just kind of like redirected and you know, I'm going to do something unconventional because when are we ever conventional around here? You know my husband. If you know my husband, you know we're never conventional and everything's always changing and thank God for the Holy Spirit. So <laughs> it's the only way we survive, right? We follow Jesus one step at a time. And um, We say that a lot. We follow Jesus one step at a time. And sometimes we have to remember the how. How do we follow him one step at a time? Patterns right there. Draw near. Open your heart. Let him speak. Take a step. There's your step one step at a time you need your next step draw near open your heart because sometimes we take that step and we're like oh i'm good i've got it okay here we go and then somehow along the way we lose it no no with every step draw near open your heart again let him speak let him direct Take a step. Take a step. So, like I said, I was going to go one way. I'm going to go a whole other way. Um, it's funny we're talking about worship. I was listening to a song this morning called Nothing Else. It's a song by Cody Carnes. You can look it up later. And I was listening to this song actually all this week and this morning, and it didn't click until before I was supposed to leave that this song actually preaches my whole message. Funny how that works. And we're talking about worship. When we're worshiping God, whether we're at home, on our knees, reading our Bible, going about our day, where we're here on a Sunday morning and we're singing. It's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks or the song is sung. And this song, to me, speaks exactly where our hearts need to be. So if you'll indulge me, I'm just going to sing a little bit of it and then I'll... I'll wrap, wrap it up, and then I, I hope that we can just have some time to worship 
but, but not just to sing words, but to take some time to draw near to Jesus, to open your heart and say, God, speak to me. What do you have for me today? Is my heart open to you? What's closed? What do you need to say to me today?
Sorry, I'm a crier, so get used to it. Um, sometimes at night, we sing to our boys to help them sleep. And their favorite song is Jesus Loves Me. So last night, as they were trying to fall asleep and struggling a little bit, I sang to them. And I sang, Jesus loves me. Simple. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. And he will move heaven and earth for me. And he wants to speak to me. And he wants to move in my life and he wants all of my heart he wants all of your heart today church all of your heart this morning I woke up to every singing Jesus loves me playing his little guitar that he doesn't know how to play That's what he woke up to, church, because eternity is in his heart. And we're designed to worship. And that's the place back where it starts. In the simplistic moments of surrender and opening up your heart. opening back up your heart allowing him in giving him those things that you treasure deeply I don't know about you but one of those things for me is my family and my children it's hard for me to open my heart and to give those to him and say I trust you with them guess what that's worship can we just reframe it a little bit? It's not just singing a song. It's surrendering your heart and your treasure to him. So this morning, what do you need to surrender? That's your simple act of worship. What do you need to surrender to him? What do you need to open your heart to this morning? so that he can speak into it, so that he can bless it, so that he can move, so that he can increase it, so that he can open doors to things you never thought possible. That's worship. Isn't it crazy how when we open up and we give in a form of worship, he gives back. Mind-blowing. simple not easy but we're entering into the Christmas season and the craziness and the chaos and my heart was just to refocus our eyes and refocus our hearts 
back onto Jesus. Back onto the reason why we celebrate, why we're here. Draw near. Open your heart and he'll speak. Would you stand with me this morning? Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this church, this house, this group of people. And Father, I just pray that in this moment, your Holy Spirit would draw us ever near to you. That you would tug on hearts right now and say, this, this is the thing that I want from you. This is the thing that you need to give to me so I can move in your life. This is the thing that I want to break you free of. This is the thing that I want you to have peace over. God, I thank you. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you that she will do anything and everything to reach any and every heart, wherever it is, no matter how far. And I pray too, Lord, in this season that we would remember that you're after hearts. And church, if he's already got yours, remember he's after somebody else's and you're a part of that. There are people who have their hearts just being tugged. Eternity is in there and saying, I need something more. I need life. I need hope. I need peace. I need joy. I need purpose. Especially now, especially as we lead up to Christmas. Father, help us to ever remember that it's not just about us. Help us to be, help our hearts to be open to anyone and everyone we come into contact with and see them as you see them. Let our hearts be drawn to them that we would feel what you feel in this pull to bring them near. And that we would remember that if we bring them near to us, you live in us. So we bring them near to us. They are getting a piece already of the Father's heart right there. Father, help us this Christmas to remember that it's about you and your heart and that you just want to draw people to your heart. We're going to worship together for a minute. And while you worship, would you just ask the Lord? Is my heart open? Is there anything I'm holding back? Is my heart open to you and to 
the people that need to know you? Is my heart open to having uncomfortable conversations? Is my heart open to reaching out to someone who doesn't know you so that they can be drawn to you, so they can draw near, so they can open their hearts, so you can speak to them? Just take a moment. See what he says. 